Welcome to the Goals Podcast, the business case for women's sports, where we explore every corner of the women's sports industry from the field to the front office. I'm Caroline Fitzgerald, and I'm here to prove that it's good business to be in the business of women's sports. Today's episode is brought to you by Ally, a change maker in women's sports, steadfast in their commitment to the fight for media equity, because we're all better off with an ally. Our guest today is Odessa Jenkins, the founder and CEO of the Women's National Football Conference. Welcome to the show, Odessa. What's good? <laughs> How are you? Odessa, welcome to the show. It is such a joy to have you on the podcast today. I've been wanting to have you on the show for so long. You're such an incredible and wonderful person. We've gotten to meet a couple times before this for our listeners, and I just absolutely love your energy. So thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to chat with you more and learn more about you and your journey. It is about time we hooked up. This is this has been a long time coming. We've been admiring from afar. So I'm, I'm just, uh, we're going to have a good time. We absolutely are. So we're going to jump right into it. We're not going to delay it any further. I want to start by hearing more about your amazing career journey. Can you take us through your path, both professionally and through sports that has ultimately led you to creating and leading the WNFC? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to do a lot of what I want to do in life. Um, and that hasn't, that's been very intentional, you know, through a lot of work, um, sometimes eating a little mud, um, but doing what I have to do so I can do what I want to do. I started in healthcare technology uh, um, a while ago. I was in that industry for about a decade. So I've always been in technology in one way or another. Um, that's how I started my professional career out of college. And through technology, really, I, like I always give it a lot of credit for a lot of things, but through technology, I learned about business, obviously, but I also learned about the ability of scale and what happens when you pour a resource into something. So I think that all sort of prepared me uh, for the business of sport like nothing else would. Um, after leaving healthcare tech, I jumped into my first startup. And um, it was a startup that was all about democratizing giving and like co corporate social responsibility and social impact. Basically, all the dollars that corporations take to match gifts for their employees or match volunteerisms or, or make grants, our software was all about opening up those dollars to smaller communities, communities around the world, and not just having that impact to the big charities, making sure that the dollar actually got to where people wanted it to. So that was a cool, that was a really cool business. Um, my whole life has been about making an, an, an impact. Uh, I've always been a coach, always tried to bring value to stuff like super intentional. I never really move without having a plan like that. That was like always the thing. Obviously, an athlete, I played Division I college basketball at Cal Poly, but born and raised South Central California um, in L.A. And so just picking up te technology, then jumping into the startup. And in that startup, I really understood start to finish how businesses start, how they're funded, what makes them survive, what makes them fail. And frankly, that was a time in my life when I first picked up playing football as well. So jumping into startup businesses and, and, and playing football, like it was a major time in my life of discovery. And the one thing I discovered through, through my tech career is like, wait a minute, 
a, a lot of people that are successful start with stuff. <laughs> like they don't have to get it out the mud. Like who knew um, that most, I was reading something recently, that like seven of the 10 most valuable companies in the world started with VC funding or an angel investor, like started. And it's like, can you imagine if seven out of 10 of us started with the leg up we needed to go make mistakes and be successful and do all those things? So I learned a lot of that in, um, in, in technology and right through the middle of that startup, I actually played for the U.S. national team, got the Bill Walsh diversity internship, went into the NFL. And that's when I really started to go, wait a minute, some of these things that I'm understanding about startup business and clearly the business of football is bigger than I ever thought it was. Why isn't that being leveraged to women who play the game? Like, it never made any sense to me. Even as I played, I was just like, are you, are you, are you telling me just because I'm a woman, people aren't interested? Like that just can't, I, I can't make sense of that. It has to be bigger than that. And of course, the more I went, the more I learned, the more I grew in business. And obviously when I got to see uh, a billion dollar uh, business in, in football, I realized, oh, it's not just because we're women playing tackle football. It's because we have no money and no funding and um, and no eyeballs and all these things. And so it's like, which comes first? And I started to realize in the world that actually what came first was the leg up, the funding, the support. There was an ecosystem around the success of men's sports. It, it wasn't happenstance. And so... At that time, um, I, I decided to uh, leave. The internship was over and I really made a decision that I wanted women to understand and experience professionalism in tackle football. And my brain on how to get there was all focused on building a business. I'm going to go and I'm going to build a business that can be that trampoline for women to get paid to play play um play football it was bigger than getting women paid it was also creating celebrity and opportunity and having people watch and know them and 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 awareness and all these things so that's how the WNFC was born it was really born out of this perfect like coming together of understanding how businesses work experiencing the NFL, playing football at the highest level, and then realizing that there was a void that wasn't getting intentionally filled. What a journey. And that path has led you right to where you're meant to be as the leader, the creator, the founder of the WNFC. So for anybody who is not familiar with the WNFC, Odessa, would you be willing to give us a quick rundown of the conference? How's it set up? How many teams are there? Give us the quick elevator pitch if you can. Yeah, so the WNFC is a football league, but it's more than that. Our mission is to accelerate equity for women and girls through the power of football. Um, we have 16 teams in 15 different cities around the country, um, teams from Seattle, Washington, to Washington, D.C. It is one of the most exciting entertainment in, um, vehicles that I've ever seen. Yes, I am biased, um, but we play the highest level of women's football. We have athletes from Division One 
colleges to, um, you know, former pro athletes. Uh, you know, we got tied in our league who also played in the WNBA. It's just like, it's this perfect, like coming together of athleticism and strategy um, that has built the WNFC. These players, you know, they are pioneers. So more than just being athletes, they're advocates. Uh, they're the kind of people that you want to follow. It's genuine. It's about the love of the game, but it's about so much more than that. And so when you watch the WNFC, not only are you watching great football, because it starts there, it's just good football, but you're also watching someone's dream. And I think no matter where you are, where you live in the world, what your goal is, what your life journey is, we all can understand ambition. And these women are ambitious and they're strong and they don't take any shit. And they, no matter how much the world tells them that there isn't a space for them, they go out and play, they go out and perform. And together we're building one of the most powerful entities that I think exist in sports. So that's that's what the WNFC is. It really is special. You talking about how they overcome so much adversity. They literally hit back. They hit back to everybody who says they shouldn't belong in sports. It's incredible. Uh, It's great football, great people involved. You've been around for four years now? Yes. So this is technically the fifth season um, coming up. And uh, because we had the COVID year in 2020, we didn't play in 20. But yeah, five seasons. It's uh it's wild. It's amazing. Five years in, created this out of thin air. How has it been? What's it been like launching a successful women's pro tackle football league? It's been amazing. It's been hard. Um, I know if you ask if you ask the people who do all the work, um, right, our president, Elizabeth, or our commissioner, Janice, or CFO, uh, Kristen, if you ask them, they're like, it's really hard, but it's all worth it. I think we in four seasons, we went from no, nothing because the entity didn't exist um, to having things that women's football has never seen. Global sponsorship, making a profit. Um, we actually made money last year in 2022, you know, creating celebrity and revenue generating opportunities for the players where they're getting sponsorships. I mean, if you would have looked at women's football prior to the WNFC launching in 19 and look at it now, what's happened in four years is miraculous. Um, From the branding to the marketing to the financial opportunity, the, the everything is growing at like rapid speed and We won't take credit for all of that because I think women's sports is just a movement. You know, it's just a movement right now. But I think we are highly responsible for driving professionalism and awareness. And all of these girls who are now playing football, whether it be flag or tackle, um, look to us and say, keep going. Right. And so. I think I can like spit out all the growth, like 200% growth year over year. And we're about to hit a million on caffeine TV. And we did, you know, I think we did 30 countries, our content's now in with the zone and we had the CBS sports. I mean, I, I'm not even going to drop the resume. What I will drop, because what truly matters is, you know, Dick Sporting Goods has a relationship with us and to hear them say, oh, we see y'all. 
Like you, you, we actually, you're actually, you made a blip. Our marketing team actually saw you out here at Adidas football say, you know what? Um, you know, I heard in a meeting about something you have, you all had going on because our presence and our reach is so much bigger than what you can see. And if I'm proud of anything that we've done so far, I believe as a league is we, we make an impact. We know how to touch folks. Absolutely. And if you're not going to shout about your resume, I will chip something in here. You have done such an incredible job building brand partnerships. You mentioned Dick's Sporting Goods. You mentioned Adidas Football. It's very hard to sell sponsorships in women's sports. We know women's sports get 1% of overall global sponsorship dollars. And women's tackle football, I would imagine, is probably the tiniest piece of that pie of that 1% that we all split. And you've done an incredible job moving the needle there. So can you talk about some of the partners that you do have at the WNFC and what it's been like working with those partners? Yeah, no. And I think that's an important aspect, obviously being on goals. Um, that's an important aspect of, of the plan is that, you know, prior to us standing the WNFC up and, and women had played for 65 years prior to that. So it's so it's like important that when people are listening to this and understanding like women didn't just start playing football. There are so many pioneers that were standing on the shoulders of all kinds of leagues that stood up. And when we came in, still no one had written a check for the for a brand partnership with with women in football, which is like disgusting if you think about it. like people are taking chances on randomness in the world of sport and it's like to think that that hadn't happened is 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 still mind-blowing to me but when we came in um that was the goal it was like we're not gonna do this on our own we are going to require that equity is shown by some brands and we're just going to keep asking and keep fighting and keep growing until we have brand partners that get it. And Riddell Sports got it first. Um, they are everywhere that tackle football is. They lead the market in protection. And right away they said, we get it. We And I know they had done some work with the U.S. national team, but right away they said, oh, we get it. We we know what women do in football and we know what this is going to be in the next five to 10 years. So we're on board and they signed us up as a key account when they had never done that with anyone else. They put us right on tier with the NFL year one. They put us in the catalog. It was the first time that women had been in a football game. It was just this wild and it seemed like a small thing because I was like, so when we write checks, like for me, <laughs> it didn't even, I think my lack of understanding of how this all worked and just being in sales and knowing how to grow business was actually a benefit because I was just walking in the rooms like, uh, it's so funny, Jen Welter had a deal with Adidas and she introduced me to Adidas and I was like, okay, so here's the financials of the deal. Here's how it's going to work. Here's what I'm going to bring you. Here's, and they're like, we ain't even ever heard of football, women's football. I don't even know what you're talking about. But there was a very similar situation. They had just launched sort of this major um, push to get more women and girls in reimagining sports. And that was our pitch at the same time. And they were like, yep, I'm down. And at the time, the president of Adidas, um, Zeon, said, you know what? We buy you. We buy that. And we know you're going to go do what you said you're going to do. So, and 
so far we've re-signed that deal twice and, you know, knock on wood, we'll continue to be a great partner to Adidas. And then Dick Sporting Goods came in um, like wildfire, you know, um, with Lauren as their CEO. We wanted a partnership with Dick's. We just, because we feel like they live what they say. And I got to meet her and then I got connected to their marketing and their branding team. And they were just so aligned with creating equity in sports and investing in us. And so some of those partnerships are groundbreaking. I think we'll figure out how groundbreaking they are in the next decade or so. Um, But we're really proud to be opening doors. And now it's like, wow, we see all kinds of brands starting to like peek into women's football. Like, what y'all over there doing? Um, so it's um it's it's a it's a beautiful time. Okay, so what are you focused on right now? Going into season number five, what are the key initiatives that you and your team are focused on? I think clearly continue to drive revenue. That's big, right? Because we we gotta get women some more. Like we gotta get them something, we gotta get them paid. These women are paying the player, going out and finding their own sponsorships, um, very much like, you know, Olympians, but without an entity that supports them um, the way that others do. So it's like, we feel the pressure of that, of taking the financial burden off of the player and creating more values in our team. So I think um, the way we're going to do that is globalization is key. The pipeline is key. What's happening in flag football is tremendously um, benefiting us. Um, and so creating that alignment between flag and tackle and continuing to marrying that sisterhood is huge. Um, the globalization of the sport, there are more girls playing football around the world than ever in the history of the world. And that's both in flag and tackle. Um, so, you know, I think we had women from over 29 countries playing our league last year. And so continuing to grow that and, and getting more women who are willing to literally um, leave their country to come play tackle football in the U.S. And I know that's news to people, but it is happening in droves. People are leaving their country, leaving their jobs, coming in the U.S., hustling and playing tackle football in the WNFC. So I think continuing that and with that goes storytelling. These women are rock stars. Our quarterbacks are the best on the planet, our, you know, our skill players, our linemen, like these athletes are a whole vibe. And one of the things that we have to do this year is get from behind the helmet and tell more of their stories. So storytelling and athlete amplification and finding more ways to drive partnership Um, With that, the last piece that we're really, really focused on is our event partnerships. We play 52 games. There's 60 people on a women's uh, tackle football team. There's a massive opportunity there. And then our big national championship that we have at the end of the year is just this great like branding opportunity. So I think doing all of those things is going to is 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 kind of what we're what we're focused on besides the basics of any league, right? Content, uh, distribution, all those, all those basic things. So we spent a good amount of time hearing about where the WNFC is now, where you came from, where do you hope to go in the next three, five, 10 years? What is your vision for the WNFC? It's bold. I, I think I'm convinced that, you know, I founded the next great sports league. I'm convinced. 
And so the next five to 10 years is going to be massive growth and explosion. I think the network of sports is going to not be able to ignore women in football for too much longer. So I think when it comes to media and brand activation, as well as other leagues, right? Other professional leagues, whether it be women's leagues or men's leagues, taking us seriously, creating partnerships with NFL, XFL, um, you know, NBA, WNBA, soccer. I just see that the ecosystem of sport is finally going, you know what? We got to stop playing with these women's football chicks because they, they're not going anywhere um, and they're serious, you know? So I think that ecosystem sort of putting its arms around this sport and, and helping to get guide it forward, I think is something that's going to happen over the next five to 10. I think that there's going to be a pretty massive investment too. I think the next 10 years, what I envision is that there is, some going to be some eye-popping investment, both at the team level, you know, kind of what you're seeing with pickleball, where the celebrity of the team ownership starts to grow. Um, I think you're going to start to see that in the WNFC and then also investment at the league level. I think we've got a unique structure where the league is valuable enough where people can come in at the league level, which is unique. Like mostly you're thinking about team, but now you have with us, I think you have the ability to affect 16 teams in an entire sort of global movement. So I see in the next 10 years, I see that being big. The last thing that I think might seem small, but like I think it's going to be really dope because it's already happening is what we're doing with apparel. Seeing people wear the jersey of their favorite female linebacker. Like just imagine, just Think about how dope that is. Like, it's a beautiful thing to see little girls. Like right now, little girls are walking around in Adidas jerseys for their favorite quarterback. That's happening right now. I think it's going to be global. Next five or 10 years, we're going to totally um, grow on the apparel fan shop, shop side of things. And that's one of the things that like, because nothing is more powerful than what you see visually. And just seeing that stuff on kids and men and women all around the world is, is going to be cool. It's going to be so cool. And I have no doubt that you're going to accomplish every single goal that you just laid out. Adessa, we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to hear a quick message from our partners, and then we're going to come back and close this out with our rapid fire closing questions. As you may know, the goal of this podcast is to show brands, networks, and people in general that it's good business to invest in women's sports. We know that women in sports are incredible and are breaking boundaries and setting records. But did you know they receive less than 10% of all sports media coverage? It's a vicious cycle. The lack of media coverage means fans miss out while networks and sponsors can't see the fan base and don't invest in the media. Now, more than ever, it's time for brands to jump in. That's why our sponsor, Ally, is making big moves to put an end to the cycle and give women's sports the coverage they deserve. This year, Ally is continuing to invest in access for women's sports through sponsorships with ESPN, CBS, and women-owned outlets giving fans more opportunities to watch what they want, where they want. So tune in and be part of the change. To learn more, check out watchtochange.com because we're all better off with an Ally. We are back. We just have a few questions left. I can't believe how quickly this has gone. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. 
We're going to start with first question. We always start in this section. If you could wave a magic wand and create equity in one aspect of sports, what would it be? Pay. Yes. Simple. Yeah. Uh, pay. It's, 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 it's simple. And it's not when I say equity, because a lot of people don't understand what equity actually means. It's like, to me, equity. So equality is giving everyone the same thing. Equity is giving everyone what they need to reach success. And I think that nothing says value more than what you're willing to pay somebody. And when I say pay, I mean sponsors, I mean investors, um, I mean us as leagues, um, teams. And so put your money where your mouth is. If I could wave my wand, it, it would, that's the wand, it would be the money wand. Great answer. I would like a money wand. That would be fun. All right. Before we get to our last question, is there anything you'd like to plug or share with our listeners? Always plug in the WNFC. We got National Tryout Day coming up October 7th all around the country. It's one day. Um, So the way we do it in our league is we have national combines all over the country, all 16 teams. We're also collaborating with Got Her Back Charity this year to do, at the same time as National Tryout Day, we're doing uh, 12 Got Her Back Girls Clinics for girls age 6 to 16. So there's also going to be little girls in 16 of those sites all over the country. So go to WNFC Football, follow WNFCFootball.com on all socials and get involved with that. And And then I think the last piece is just to watch women's sports, right? Like, go check it out. Like um, a lot of people have no awareness of the WNFC and women's football. So they don't know what to expect. Go check it out. Leave a comment. Let, let me know what you think. Cause I'm very confident that once people, once people see this stuff, they become fans. So just go watch, go follow, go to the zone, follow us on, um, on caffeine, check out our YouTube, we're everywhere. And yeah. And then go buy a t-shirt. Absolutely. And we are going to link to everything that you just outlined so everyone can purchase and follow along with everything that WNFC is doing. Let's go. Let's go right into our last question. I can't believe we've arrived here, but it's our final question. We always close with this. Can you summarize in a few sentences why you think it's good business to invest in women's sports? Women are creators. Women are the creators. And when I say that, I mean that we have an inherent ability to engage, to multiply, to drive, and we are the owners of creation. And I think when you are that way, and then I'm not saying that in like a like storytelling way. I mean, like we control the dollar in the household. Um, we make a lot of the buying decisions. Right. And so it's a good business decision, but it's also a very savvy sort of strategic decision if you are in the world of sports and entertainment to think about what's next. This is what's next and it's going to be what's next for a long time. So investing in women's sports, it means that you get to invest in something that is not a fad. It is it is so dynamic, but so familiar. And that's kind of what I always tell people about when it's time to invest in the WNFC. Everybody loves football. It is our sport. We love this thing. 
That's exactly what women's football is. It is that thing you let is so familiar yet new. And you only get to do that one time. And, and that's why I think it's critical to invest in women's sports. You'd be dumb not to. I agree. We can drop the microphone right there. Odessa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for all you do for women in sports, for women in football. It's such an honor to know you. And I can't wait to see all the ways you continue to trailblaze in the sports and entertainment space. Let's get it. Let's get it. Thank you for listening to the Goals Podcast, the business case for women's sports presented by Ally, a changemaker in women's sports steadfast in their commitment to the fight for media equity because we're all better off with an ally. To learn more about Goals and our work to bring more brand investment into women's sports, be sure to follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram or visit our website at goals-sports.com. And remember, it's simply good business to be in the business of women's sports.